0: When Mother Kate asked if I would like to offer the first sermon of our new liturgical year, I was and am really excited to do so. But I was also reminded again this week, thinking about the coming of Jesus, how stressful this can be to so many of us, especially given all that has been happening in the world these past few years. But our our morning lectionary readings from the Psalms, of the Apostle Paul and Luke, are, are all extremely significant and relevant to the season of Advent that begins today. Like many Christians, I used to think that Advent was really just another way of getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And I will confess, in the past, I've enjoyed my midnight shopping with friends on Black Friday and beginning decorating our Christmas tree, even before the dishes from Thanksgiving were in the dishwasher. Our modern age of social media, featuring all those happy faces living the good life, fueled by our consumer-driven economy, seduces us to long for the joy we associate with the birth of the child of Christ, the major, the wise men, and all the Christmas caroling that we associate with, with Christmas. So I think it can be a really challenging exercise to mentally be prepared for Advent, given all the distractions that we are surrounded by this time of the year. But this morning, our Gospel reading in Luke features an adult Jesus challenging us, as he did when addressing worshipers in the temple, talking about all pretty stones and the gifts that were being dedicated to God, to look up pay attention, and to be ready. Jesus tells us there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and on earth, confused by the roaring seas and waves. I know from talking with members here in St. James, this past year seems like a long journey at sea, where we could see the shore, but often felt almost unsafe to leave the safety of our small boats, safely moored at home. Last week at the 1045 service, I spoke to many members in the congregation who proudly told me that this was the first time attending church in person since the pandemic began in 2019. During this past year, our sense of God's presence often seemed obscured by the roaring seas and waves in our life. Feeling alone and disconnected from one another and spiritually isolated from God, I think can be one of the most traumatizing experiences in life. Before relocating to Los Angeles, I was a hospital chaplain at the UCSF Medical Center during the pandemic's peak. I often spoke to critically ill patients who really described feeling abandoned by God. I'll never forget an experience I had with one patient that, had been, that I had been trying to see over a 24-hour shift, but I kept missing her. I had intended to make a referral to the oncoming chaplain as I was leaving the hospital but something pulled on my consciousness to make one last attempt to see her. As I walked into her room and began to introduce who I was, she took a look at the the white collar I was wearing and she started hysterically crying, saying and asking, "I, I want you to tell me why, I want you to tell me why God hates me. At the time, I was still in seminary. I actually just got out of seminary. And we spent a lot of time explaining why God loves us. But I wasn't fully prepared to describe why she felt God hated her. I had stubbornly tried to come up with, a, with an explanation. And finally I asked, how did you how did you get how did you get to the hospital? She said that prior to the hospital, she went home and fell on her kitchen floor and literally had laid there until the late hours of the night crying, God help me, God help me. But nobody came, which was the, the, the focus of her question. Why, did, why does God hate me? But before trying to answer that question, she finally said that she got to the hospital because her small dog brought her her phone. And she was able to call 911 where she came into the hospital with me. She indicated that her dog was not into, into the, you know, the, those little games fetch the ball, she had no explanation as to how the dog got her phone out of her pocketbook. Um, and just was perplexed by the, whole, by the whole experience, being very anguished. But over the next hour, she and I spoke about the many ways God sometimes reveals God's self to us that often go unnoticed and unseen. The signs that God is in our life are often obscured by our own emotionality at the time. Sometimes these signs can be seen and the unexpected actions of a small dog or the unspoken voice to a chaplain to make that last fourth attempt to see a patient confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves of life that Luke mentions in his gospel this morning. As a hospital chaplain, I learned how important it is to look, to see, and to be alert to the ways how God enters our life that frequently go unnoticed. The apocalyptic message reflected in each of the Synoptic Gospels can, for many readers, be extremely unsettling and uncomfortable. After all the losses we have endured from the pandemic, thinking about people fainting from fear and foreboding of wars and insurrection, and what might come upon the world just seems to be a little too close to home this year. But in a commentary on on this gospel, theologian Deborah Block suggests that the Advent text from Luke offers not fear and damnation, but hope and expectation. God in Christ is coming because God loves us, because God wants to redeem us. She writes, in the midst of the fearful spectacle, Jesus calls us to stand up and raise our heads because our redemption is drawing near. The good news of Advent is not simply that Christ is coming, but that his coming means we can hope. Despite all that is falling apart in our lives, our communities, and maybe perhaps even the world around us. Biblical commentator Philip Campbell reminds us that life is full of endings and beginnings, that there are crossroad moments in each of our lives when an accounting is demanded and transformed living is called for, regardless of when the end will come. I believe the season of Advent encourages each of us to step back from our busy lives, to reconnect with one another and with God. May made possible by embracing our vulnerabilities, our doubts, and our spiritual challenges. Show me your way, O Lord, our psalmist proclaims, and teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Old Testament scholar Walter Bergman suggests that our psalm this morning confronts and invites us to embrace our brokenness and to use this sense of disorientation to confront our personal imperfections. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgression, but let none who look to you be put to shame, our psalmist asks God this morning. From the first time I attended worship at St. James, I realized it could be such a spiritually intoxicating experience just to walk into this building. Like everyone who calls this church their home, I find that I'm mesmerized by the angelic sound of our choir, the beautiful color of light that seems to visually baptize each of us when we enter this beautiful church. And of course, the distinctive smells of the incense which coats the wall, which coats the wall of the of the church that we, can, that we can smell every time we sit down. It's easy to get lost in this beauty, to stop searching for the face of God expressed in our liturgy or experienced during our communion meal. But during Advent, we are called upon to step back be aware and use this time to take a personal inventory of where God is in our life. As our our calendar year comes to an end I hope and pray that we all make a special effort to quiet our restless minds and put aside the worries of life. Remembering that Advent is a season when longing makes sense. When it's okay to say we're hungry Thirsty, alone, or even uncertain about tomorrow. History is full of accounts told by those who saw their own version of a fig tree and proclaimed the end of the world. This season of Advent calls to each of us to live in the expectation of Jesus' return, to live in humility, and maybe most importantly of all, stay. Stay committed and faithful to the teaching of our Lord. May it be so.